0: good evening everybody welcome to sdpn's game over vancouver here on saturday december 23rd with the vancouver canucks taking down the san jose sharks in a, uh, a high scoring affair 7-4 the vancouver canucks win uh i am here to talk about the game break it down for you and talk about the vancouver canucks who are at the very top of the nhl table Uh, we'll go into that after we break the game down and talk about where this team is uh, and where they look to be for the remainder of the season because i don't think anyone thought at christmas break this year the vancouver canucks would be the top team in hockey i i didn't know if they'd be in a playoff spot at this time of year but uh it, it's it's fantastic very happy to be in this spot while you're here make sure you hit the like button right below the stream make sure you hit the subscribe button right below the stream here at, uh, on sdpn uh, you can find me parkers pucks also on youtube and twitter slash x slash whatever you want to call it um should be a fun one christmas edition i guess i mean the the four of us did a christmas episode about a week ago um but tonight uh you just have me riding solo uh so let's start with a breakdown. a of this game uh we'll go through everything that happened uh you'll get my thoughts on the game then we'll go into some time on uh the analytics of this game where the Canucks are at in the standings uh, which is obviously the top but the teams uh, around them who's chasing them and, and how does that look to shake out the rest of the season like I said earlier and then we'll go into some chat questions before we wrap up uh tonight as uh we get to Christmas Eve tomorrow morning so let's get started on this one the Vancouver Canucks Started out the scoring early, and it's Andre Kuzmenko, uh, healthy scratched a couple games in a row. And of course, he was healthy scratched a little bit before. He's he's not in talk, it's good books, uh, good books coming into this one. Uh, and what does he do? He just goes out and he scores. Minute 34 into the game. Uh, Elias Peterson, or it's Ilya Mikheyev leaving a little drop pass, uh, as uh, on the zone entry, uh, for Andre Kuzmenko, and he just rips a shot. And this is, this is the 39-goal scorer we saw last year, Andre Kuzmenko, right? We expect him to be a guy who can finish, a guy who can get pucks on net, a guy who can drive some offense. Um, and that's what we saw tonight, uh, at least, especially in the first period. So uh, Kuzmenko opens the scoring with that nice wrister, uh, a minute 34 in. And then the Canucks get their first power play of the game. Uh, and this is one of those things where uh, you hate to see it if you're a fan of the team that takes this penalty. Penalties in the offensive zone always something you never want to do because you're just taking uh, chances away it's not preventing a goal against mike hoffman cross checks quinn hughes in front of the canucks net just in the back hughes goes down ref puts the arm up um so the canucks set up uh, on the power play and about a minute and a half into the power play uh, sort of the last gasp for the first unit jt miller gets the pass uh, to start skating downhill in the left wing like we see him do so often uh, and he just fires the puck right at kuzmenko's stick it's a perfect set play and with how dangerous JT Miller is skating down that left wing like what do you do to defend this right because a third of the time he rips a shot that is hard to save for every goalie out there Um, sometimes he finds Brock Besser sitting back door uh, for a tap-in and sometimes he goes for the the tip play and this time he went for the tip play Kuzmenko gets a piece of it uh, tips it past uh, Blackwood and uh, it's 2-0 early in this one. Two goals for Andre Kuzmenko. Um, and we're, we're on Hattie Watch seven minutes into this game. It doesn't happen because Kuzmenko's not the guy to go out uh, with the net empty, of course. Um, but uh, a great start for the Canucks. And I'm getting 10-1 flashbacks in my head. I'm like, oh, are we going to have one of those nights? Not really. Seven's good, but ten's 10's better. Um, the sharks do get one back though, six and a half minutes to play. It's a three on two rush. Uh, uh Anthony declares shot just goes off of, uh, Connor Garland. And then it looks like, uh, actually Granlin did get a piece of it uh, upon further review. So Granlin tips it and it's sort of like, it was a low shot and then Granlin's stick was just there and it hit his stick and sort of did like a little bounce uh, and then it went up. I think, I, I don't, I don't know the physics of this one, but essentially it was a low shot. It got tipped by one hand on the stick and it just took a weird hop and went over the shoulder of Demko, uh, to make it two one. And then three minutes after that, uh, you have Tomas hurdle tying it up. Um, and this was a tough one for Elias Peterson. Um, and really this, the Elias Peterson group, right? A uh, Kuzmenko specifically on for both goals for in the first on for both goals against in the first as well. Pedersen fails to clear hurdle beats uh, Tyler Myers to the rebound. Have you heard that one before? Um, tries to go top shelf and Demko sells out for the high shot and hurdle just sort of heals it. And so there's no loft on it. There's no flex of the stick. There's nothing to elevate the puck. It's mostly a fan uh, and it just slides right through the five hole of Demko, which is wide open because he, he sold out completely uh, for that high shot. So it's two, two. Um, and you think, oh, a four goal first period, it must've been action packed back and forth fun hockey shots were five to five in the first period. So no, not really. Uh, analytically expected goals were 0.44 for the Canucks 0.51 for the sharks. So expected to be on average less than one or just around one goal in that period, just under one expected goal in that period. And we got four, um, so, you know, we get at least a little bit of excitement. Uh, so we go to the second, second period of this game. Uh, get an early power play. It goes absolutely nowhere. Their, their struggle is set up and no real dangerous chances. But right as that penalty expires, uh, Niels Oman just uh, drives the net at the whistle. He gets shoved. Joshua doesn't like it. And then Joshua hits the guy back and Dakota Joshua takes a penalty. So the Canucks go to the penalty kill. And and Joshua gets a pass on this one. Uh, He went for the shove. He went high, which was like, it's a penalty. I get why it's a penalty. I'm okay with Joshua doing it because he draws so many more penalties that if he's going to take the occasional one, it's okay. Um, And then as this penalty expires, the Canucks do a good job of killing this off. Um, Teddy Bluger just bats a puck down that's getting played back to the Canucks zone at center ice, and it springs a two-on-one with him and Niels Oman. Teddy Bluger for being a third slash fourth liner when he was brought in to this team, the hands on this guy are not bad. I mean, he goes in, he fakes the shot. He's a lefty going in on the right-hand side. So he's got the puck towards the middle of the ice uh, and he fakes the shot. And then uh, as the defenders going down to layout, to block the pass, uh, he toe drags around the defender backhand pass, to Niels Oman, who makes no mistake for his second of the year. Uh, my boy, my botch for project boy, Niels Oman. Um, yeah, no, he's not missing that one. Uh, so he buries that to make it three to two, six minutes or so into the second period. Uh, and then right after, Dakota Joshua, who I was just said draws a bunch of penalties, draws a penalty, gets high sticked. Uh, Elias Pettersson gets robbed on a one-timer on this one sprawling uh, Blackwood save and then right as this power play expires so it's not a power play goal Ian Cole from the point just fires a shot Justin Bailey's stick is just he's sitting he's standing high slot like this and it goes off of the blade of his stick to redirect and then it goes off the stick of Sam Lafferty to redirect again I mean what are you gonna do if you're the goalie there like you're Mackenzie Blackwood and you just sit there like you know, one tip's hard enough. Two tips is impossible. Um, You just got to hope it hits you, and it didn't. So Sam Lafferty gets his ninth goal of the season. Uh, Ian Cole still looking for his first as a Canuck. That one is not it, Uh, but it's 4-2 Vancouver, uh, and they don't give this lead back, thankfully, uh, like they did. It looked like they might, but they didn't. So eight and a half minutes into the second period, Canucks have a two-goal lead back. Um, Then, or Preds, uh, Sharks answer about two and a half minutes later. Uh, and, and, you know, sensing a bit of a pattern, right? Like the, and the Canucks have been doing this quite a bit lately where they get these leads and they just sort of sit back a little bit and let the other team get themselves back into the game. And that happened in the first period that happens a little bit here um, as Zetterland um, gets his ninth of the year off of a really nice play from uh, Ferraro. Uh, Ferraro comes in on the rush. He does a little 360 spin pass. Uh, Niels Hoaglander tries to put the stick flat on the ice. Um, to block this pass which works if (laughs) it works if it's close to the blade of the stick or it works if the puck is on end because what happens is you you know you put your your glove down to the ice to put your stick down flat on the ice well your your fingers of your glove they're thicker than the puck is so there's still some elevation on the stick the puck slides right under uh, and, uh, Zetterlin scores to make it four to three. Um, and it's about nine minutes to go in the second period. Then Teddy Bluger gets a hooking penalty and it's looking like the sharks, might, sharks might tie it up. Um, Zetterlin hits the crossbar on this one. Dakota, Joshua, again, I what an up and down game for him, right? He, he scores in the third and he, he took that penalty. He drew a penalty and in this one. He tries to make the extra play in his own zone. Like he thinks he's on a breakout with Patterson, but Patterson's just going to trail off and Joshua just taps it over to nobody and then the sharks come right back in and Zetterlund hits the crossbar. Um, so lucky in this one that it's uh, it stays four to three, and then Heronic takes a penalty. And this is a bad call. I think him and Duclair sort of cross paths and run into each other, and Duclair goes down and Hronic doesn't. Uh so they call heronic for interference. I didn't love the call. Um and then, uh, we get, um, Myers and Pedersen shorthanded on two on one, uh, Myers couldn't get the puck across to PD and then Pedersen on the rebound got robbed. And then right after the penalty kill, there's a minute left in the period. Canucks come in on a four on two. And this third line just continues to roll. Uh, they come in, it's, a, it's a triangle as they come into the zone. So let's say the net is up here as they're coming in, the three of them, uh, you get sort of, uh. I I'm, I don't know why I'm trying to diagram this thing out. They come in as a triangle, right? <laughs> two guys forward. Garland's the trailer. Bluger leaves for Garland and then darts straight forward and essentially takes his defenseman out of the play. Right? He's just skating. He's just driving the net and then Garland can slow down. There's no one really on his tail, so he can create that separation. Um, and that's the best thing you can do on a three on two, right? If you're all in the line, you know one of your players isn't useful. But you get in a triangle and you got a guy you can drop it to or play it across. Um, and there's just more passing options. So. go for the drop garland as the trailer has the puck and he makes this slick little no look pass to dakota joshua uh and joshua is not missing right now he gets his ninth of the year on a quick shot um to make it five to three in the last minute of the second period that's one of those backbreakers. getting you know you you're about to go into the intermission down one goal if you're the sharks and it's like hey hey we can go back we can we can tie this thing up in the third and then now you know, it just got twice as hard uh, with 45 seconds to go in the period, uh, with Josh was scoring that goal. So it's a tough one. Uh, so we go to the third, uh, sorry, second period. Shots were 11 or 11 to nine in favor of Vancouver. Uh, expected goals 1.44 for Vancouver to 1.06 uh, for the Sharks. High danger chances six to two in favor of Vancouver. And that's in all situations with the Sharks having a couple power plays. Um, they have three power plays, I think. Might have only been two. Uh, either way the canucks were dominant in this period um and the big thing that, that i want to mention um because the shots in this game end up being 26 to 25 uh the shot attempts were 65 to 42 in favor vancouver, vancouver. there's a ton of blocks on the san jose side but we'll get to that a little bit more later so on paper pretty even period but analyt- uh, analytically the Canucks were the better team and on the score sheet uh the canucks continue their second period dominance and they pick up a two goal lead going into the third Canucks get an early power play. They do nothing. Um, and then about 10 and a half minutes to go in the third. It was a pretty slow start to the period. Thatcher Demko comes up huge. Uh, Grandland gets a rebound. Demko sprawls to make the save. And then the rebound comes to the point and Demko makes a really nice glove save. It was one of those glove saves where Demko so understated with the glove. Um, and after Luongo night last Thursday and seeing all the highlights of Luongo making a glove save just like this one and doing a full windmill and just like, and sort of like sitting back with the puck as Luongo would do, Um, Demko doesn't do that. He just grabs it and holds it. Um, But it was like a great save that he's not gonna get a lot of credit for (laughs) because he's not that flashy. Um, So uh, that keeps it a two goal game, but then the Sharks do get within one 644 to go in the third. It's just a a standard play face-off win. The puck gets thrown uh, at the net. Demko stops the shot. The rebound goes to McDonald, uh, who I had never heard of. Uh, Who's this guy? Jacob McDonald, defenseman, uh, 30-year-old defenseman who's played 117 career games. Uh, I don't know why he's there to clean up the rebound, but he was. uh, So he makes it 5-4. And then, you know, a little bit of life for for San Jose. And and the Canucks have already blown one two-goal lead in the first period. And it looks like they might do it again. Um, But the Canucks, just two and a half minutes later, shut that down. Uh, and this is um, a faceoff win by JT Miller, which we'll get to. JT Miller's faceoff performance tonight. Miller wins the draw. Back to Quinn Hughes. He takes a shot, and Pew Suter is like five feet away from where this shot is taken, maybe four feet away from like the path of the puck, and he just reaches way out and just tips it down. Five hole, unreal play, unreal tip by Pew Suter. Suter now has six goals on the year. He's just played twenty-one games, so he's. He's on a, you know, a 22, 23 goal pace uh, if you were to have played the full 82, which of course he didn't. Uh, so, yeah, he's missed a hand. He's missed, you know, a third of the games, more than a third of the games. Uh, and he's got six goals, which is good for him. Uh, and then Blackwood to the bench with 213 to go. And the Canucks, honestly, fantastic job in the six on five they shut everything down. San Jose gets no opportunities. And then with about 13 seconds to go, Quinn Hughes at his own blue line, uh, doesn't try to shoot it through guys. He just lobs it over the heads of everyone and it lands right in the crease and, uh, and rolls into the net and it's seven, four, just like that. The Canucks get their win. Um, and how many wins is that on the air? Let me, let me get the number right before I just say a wrong number. Their 23rd win of the year in 35 games. I mean, that's just, it's unreal, right? The Canucks won 30, or yeah, the Canucks won 38 games last year. They are only 15 game, fifteen wins away from tying their, their win total last year, uh, and we're about a third of the way through the season. More than that. Two fifths, 40%-ish. Uh, either way, though, the Canucks are on a, on a torrid pace, which is fantastic, so... Let's go to my thoughts on the game, my pluses, my minuses. I'm going to start with the negatives because I'm going to transition the pluses into everything else. By the way, all of you in here, thank you for joining. Um, make sure you hit that like button. I th- I'm sure this hasn't updated because it says three on my screen. That doesn't make sense. Uh, so hit the like button and hit the subscribe button uh, while you're here on SDPN. Um, let's start with the minuses. Um, clearing the zone on the penalty kill. Canucks, I, I think they thought it was the Sharks and got a little bit fancy with it like they had these opportunities to just clear the puck out of the zone and that joshua play that i mentioned just passing it over but they 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 struggled to get the puck out on the pk a handful of times tonight um it didn't matter canucks go three for three on the penalty kill that's great um but i think that needs to uh, to step up a little bit uh i didn't love tyler myers game tonight to be frank um there's a few instances that were dodgy um and there was the, that there's one shift in the third uh, not the one that they got scored on but he was up for like a minute and a half and instead of going to the bench he stayed on gave up the puck in the corner and then demko had to make a big save um just things like that like they need to get cleaned up and against a, a better team than the sharks and a nine win san jose team might get punished a little bit more for that um canucks shouldn't be allowing four goals to san jose i mean they only allowed 25 shots and this is a a pdo nightmare of a game right 11 goals on 51 shots like goaltending is just dead you know 800 save percentages all around pretty much um but yeah you can't be allowing four goals to the sharks right they've got to clean things up a little bit uh, and sure one was a tip and you know there's like you know and rebounds but things got to get cleaned up Demco, for how good he's been this year he's had some off nights um that's sort of been his mo Demco doesn't really allow like two to three goals very often. It's either he shuts everything down and it's a zero or a one or he allows four or five. Um, So when Demko's on, he's on. And and luckily for the Canucks, Demko has a bit of an off night allowing four goals on 25 shots, but the Canucks outscored that problem because the Canucks scored seven goals on 26 shots. So it's okay. No harm, no foul. Um, But yeah, they need to clean that up a little bit. Uh, And my last negative on this game is it really feels like the Canucks aren't playing the full 60 minutes very often. Um, not very often, like in general, but the last couple weeks, right? I think back, you know, looking at, at some of the games here, right? Like this one, they score the two goals and then they allow two back, right? They don't keep the foot on the gas and they sort of, they sort of let up at times. Um, I mean, the stars game was a good example, right? They get beat late, um, The you know, uh, that wild game was an example. The devil's one is the one that I'm still traumatized by when they came back from that lead and then gave up essentially. Um, so that's something just, they need to clean up, but my pluses list is larger. Um, number one, the return of Andre Kuzmenko. Was he unbelievable tonight? No, you know, he scores the two goals though. Um, and you look on the stat sheet, he's a, he's a minus two, right? That's unfortunate. Uh, and he, he played 15 and a half minutes though. He was not the low minute man. Uh, that would be Sam Lafferty at nine, 10. Um, so the minus two, wasn't great, but were any of the goals against really on him? No. Um, and then, yeah, Elias Pettersson, two goals, two assists. He was also a minus two, uh, sorry, not two goals, two assists, two assists is what I meant. Um, the, the, the columns moved over. Uh, so Kuzbaka with two goals, Pettersson with two assists, both of them being minus twos, um, I don't think Kuzmenko was that bad tonight though. I thought he was fine. I thought Pedersen was a little bit worse. Um, So his his return, that was nice. Uh, Teddy Bluger on the penalty kill. I want to give a shout out to, he was fantastic. I mean, he he springs that goal um, that that at the end of that one penalty um, on that nice little pass over uh, to Niels Oman. Um, He was, he was just really good on the PK, just breaking plays up, clearing things out nicely. Um, Noah Juleson gets a big plus for me. Uh, and it's not just for tonight, although this was really culminated when, like with a minute to go, a minute and a half, maybe he lays that really nice hit on Mikhail Grandland. Um, that, uh, who went and challenged him? Was it Duclair? Duclair, I think went after him after the whistle and it was like a perfectly clean, great body check, just stepped up shoulders, the chest. Perfect. Um, Juleson with Ian Cole, they've been settling in. Noah Juleson, for how much I disliked his play early in the season, uh, has filled out that Carson Susie hole pretty well, uh, especially in the last week or two. Um, so good on him. Hopefully he can keep that up after the break. Um, Quinn Hughes, with that empty net goal, ties the record for most multi-point games by a defenseman in Canucks history. He has 68 in his career already tying Alex Edler. Um, so he might have that on his own by the new year. Um, I mean, that would just be the flyers game, but within the first week of January, he probably has that record to himself. Um, and then my big plus of the night, uh, and I, I took the note maybe a little bit early. I want to see if it changed at all. Uh, this isn't going to tell me, uh, let me see 19 divided by 24 is 79. So we must've lost a face off after because he ended the night with 74-1. So either way, I'm going to say JT Miller, I'm going to assume it's 19 of 25 face-offs that he won tonight. That is unbelievable. 19-6 <laughs> in the face-off circle. Uh, it's the most wins he's had in the season, uh, 74% in the face-off circle. Um, and, you know, it led to that one goal, that, uh, that Pew Suter goal, uh, just dominant. Dominant in the face-off circle, um, as he has been uh, quite often in his career. Um, And then, of course, the biggest plus of the night. The absolute biggest plus of the night. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. Take a look at the standings, and you will see that the Vancouver Canucks have more points than any team in the league. And sure, we can go down the point differential route, but it's Christmas, so let's have some some positivity. You know, maybe we we shield our eyes, and if we can believe in Santa Claus, we can believe in the absolute value of points being more value than point percentage. Um, Forty nine points in thirty five games for the Canucks so far this year. That is a 115 point pace. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. 23, nine and three. The only team with a better points percentage is the New York Rangers who have played three fewer games and have two fewer points. Um, cause they've been playing quite well lately, but that's for the Canucks. It's seven, one and two in their last 10, right? They're collecting all of the points. They get six out of a possible eight points on that road trip. They get two points tonight. Um, they are they are just rolling uh the kings have 42 points they're third in the pacific but uh, let me pull up the old standings machine here and go by points percentage uh conference points percentage uh and that has yeah the canucks and the kings are both at 700 in points percentage so they are tied for the top of the west uh, Vegas is down at a 671. Canucks have two points on them, and that is two points of absolute value because the because Vegas has played the same number of games. I think they lost tonight. Um, but the NHL website is being absolutely terrible uh right now. Yeah, they lost four two to the Panthers and got absolutely dominated. Shots were 42, 25. So we love to see the the Golden Knights struggling. Uh we almost had uh the lead grow on the Dallas stars, but then they scored two goals in the last 13 seconds of that game to go from losing to getting two points. Uh, So that's unfortunate, but in the, in the standings, the Canucks have 135 goals more than anybody. And it's not even really that close. Detroit has 121. Colorado has 125. Vegas has 122, but the goal differential of 46 is far and away the best in hockey. The Rangers who have the best point percentage in, in the league, They have a goal differential of 19, like barely, like, like 19. They've won 23 games. Like it doesn't even add up 19 goal differential. Canucks have 46. The second best goal differential in hockey is the Kings with 34 uh, and the Sharks are now at minus 67. So a tough night for them. So as we go into the holiday break, um, I mean, who saw this coming, right? Who saw the Vancouver Canucks being at the very top of the table, um, in basically every metric except the one that really matters points percentage but second tied for second i mean i'm not going to complain about that that is unbelievable uh, and as things shake out right now right if the canucks can find a way to hang on to this for 47 more games and i'm not saying they will I'm, i mean are they going to make the playoffs yeah coming into tonight as per the athletics model uh the vancouver canucks uh, had a 96 percent chance of making the postseason so they will be a playoff team. Uh, basically without a doubt Um, but man I I, you know you just look at these numbers and and it doesn't feel real to open up nhl.com click on league and there's an orca whale right on the top of that's on the top of those standings it's crazy it is crazy the turnaround that this team has seen and it's crazy how this has come from so many different factors, right? It's not like the Canucks went out and made a big splash, right? Sure, they got rid of Horvat and, and brought in Hironic, right? That was the one big move. The rest of it's just been good depth and chemistry and, and people working together, right? The Canucks have one of the best goaltending tandems in, in hockey right now, probably like top three with Boston and Vegas, I would say. Um, and maybe the Rangers. Uh, there's there's a, they're, they're top five goalie tandem. That helps. Um, you've got Elias Pettersson who's not playing his best hockey, and he's over a point a game. You've got J.T. Miller playing fantastic. You've got Quinn Hughes being one of the best defensemen in hockey. You've got Brock Besser who went from struggling for the last five years to now being number two in the league in goals, uh, behind Matthews, who, who won't stop scoring. Like, is is Besser going to win the the Rocket? No, Austin Matthews is is on a tear. Um, but is Besser going to score forty? Probably, <laughs> and that's fantastic. Uh, and do the Canucks have one of the best third lines in hockey? It sure seems that way, right? Connor Garland for being the analytical darling that he has been. And now I can go back and reference my video that I made of the Canucks should not trade Connor Garland. How good does that look now with him playing, uh, with Joshua and Bluger, because that third line can go out there. They can get a bunch of ice time. Let's see how much ice time they had tonight. Um, let's see box score. Garland played 16 minutes. Uh, Bluger played 16 minutes. Joshua, they all played 16 minutes tonight. Um, and those were, those were, you know, big minutes and they dominated those minutes. They were each a plus two in this game. Um, yep. They were each a plus two in this game. And if I go on to the Canucks on ice standings, let's see who was the, who were the best performers tonight by expected goals. Uh, at five on five, Noah Juleson is far and away your MVP. Um, with a sorry I lost it here 5 on 5 expected goals percentage Noah Julson had expected goals percentage well he was on the ice of 95 and a half% Sam Lafferty 94 and a half% Nils Oman 94% because when those three players were on the ice there was zero expected goals 0.01 0.01 0.03 so so those three players absolutely shut it down tonight um Connor Garland at 5 on 5 Connor Garland, Dakota Joshua, Teddy Blue were all next to each other. uh, All around 70% uh, for expected goals percentage um, while they were on the ice tonight. That's fantastic. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, And then at all situations, I'm sure it even gets better. Um, Yeah, at all situations, Connor Garland's number two. Um, Analytically, that line's fantastic. On the ice, that line's fantastic. Um, Man, if, if you can have a third line like that, like that's, I don't... It's so hard for me to start looking at this team as a contender um, just because historically they haven't been. And it's such a weird, hard transition from missing the playoffs all these years to being like top of the league. But every year we get into the playoffs and and the top few teams have this third line that comes out of nowhere and dominates, right? You know, you think back to like, the guys like Tom Wilson and Was- Washington's run, you look at guys like Brandon Hagel, right? Like these guys who are, who sort of fly under the radar and then become heroes in the playoffs that this third line that the Canucks have is exactly that kind of line, right? That that's a line that you can see going out in and, and winning a playoff game for this team. Uh, and I think that's awesome. It's very fun. Uh, We're at about the 30 minute mark. So that's my thoughts on everything. Um, So now we'll go to you, the people folks. If you want to get some questions in for me, we'll take about 10 minutes here to answer a few of those while I wait for those to pile in uh, to the 130 of you in here. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, Make sure you hit that like button while you're here. Make sure you hit subscribe to SDPN while you're here and uh, maybe give me a follow on Twitter at Parker's Pucks. Uh, We're trying to trying to jump those numbers up a little bit um let me pull up the stream first question that i will take i'm going to scroll up a little bit first to see if there's any that i should grab from higher up uh i don't think so so let's go down to this one from last resort three one eight they ask when Susie is back do we sit myers instead of Julesson myers is flubbing the puck uh, to uh, or Myers floating the puck led to the faceoff that led to the Sharks' fourth goal. His mistakes are starting to pile up again. This is an interesting one to me um, because Tyler Myers, how many, how many minutes did Tyler Myers play tonight? I think that's a crucial question. He played 18 and a half minutes, so he is kind of sheltered. Um, Zadorov and Juleson East were in the 16 range, Cole played 19, and then of course, Hughes and Harmonic were higher. This one's an interesting question because to me, Juleson is worse than Tyler Myers in general, but right now Juleson is playing better than Tyler Myers. Uh, Tyler Myers had this like one to two week period where he played 15 minutes a night, which is kind of what he played tonight in a sheltered role. And he was very good. Now it was a sheltered role and it was less value ice time and yada, yada, yada. Um, But he showed some, some good stuff there, but his lows are low. He does allow, he does cause some, some harm to the team. So when Susie's back, obviously he will draw in. Um, the thing is, I I think Juleson's the guy that comes out unless there's some really bad game from Tyler Myers right before Susie comes back and Myers is like deserving of a scratch. I wouldn't hate it as an idea though. Because if you can give that a test drive, right? You can say, "All right, Susie's back. We've got everyone healthy. Let's sit Myers out. Let's see how they do." How how expendable does Tyler Myers get if that goes well? Uh, and I think that's something that could be really valuable um, for the team. So I like your idea. Uh, and Fangorilla asks, uh, "How'd you change the d pairings after Susie returns?" I don't really want to go into the pairings because that all gets messy. I mean, you, if you let's say in this hypothetical, you keep Juleson in there, you you keep him with Cole. Um, and then you would, I guess, put, um, Susie with Zdorov potentially, and then leave Hughes and Hronik together because Hughes and Hronach are going to stay together. Um, Myers and Zdorov will stay together unless Myers is the one coming out of the lineup. And then I guess Susie would go with Cole. Um, so it would go back to sort of what we're used to, but with Zdorov plugged in, uh, instead of, uh, Juleson slash Friedman in that spot. Um, Richard Brock says, uh, what or who can the Canucks add at the deadline? Do they need to add? Depends on what your goals are. If your goal is to be a, a, a really good hockey team that probably finishes second in the Pacific, maybe third if Vegas and LA go on a run, the Canucks could very realistically finish in any spot between first and third in the Pacific right now. I would not be surprised. Um, and I'm actually curious. I had the athletic thing open. They they do a, a thing based on like percentage chance of each spot. They have the Canucks most likely to finish third. They have Vegas and LA projected two points higher than them, but it's like 106, 106, 104. It's one game swing, right? This like tonight that might change it back to even because that this isn't taken into account. It's essentially even split chances of first, second and third because the toss up between Vegas, LA and Vancouver and then Edmonton trying to claw their way back, of course. Um, so do they need to add I mean, if you're content with being top three in the Pacific, no. If they want to actually contend for a Stanley Cup, they could add, right? I think more defensive depth would be nice. Very nice to have. Uh, A Myers replacement, potentially, like an upgrade there would be nice to have. Um, And and maybe a little bit, I don't know, like another piece up front to just sort of shift everyone down. Uh, Like they don't really, they don't really have many holes right now. But it, you know, if you can add someone uh, in in the top half of the lineup and shift everyone else down, it just makes that all your other lines better too. Um, so they need to add. No, will they? I think so, um, especially if they keep this up. Um, Sharon asks if you could have a wish list for Santa, What would you ask for? Uh, and then in brackets, top six forward, top six defense, or other. Um, honestly, it would be it would be a defenseman, um, right? And just to allow you to pull Myers out that's the thing right if you if susie comes back and is healthy like you're usually going to have one defenseman injured most of the time but if julson is now someone you're comfortable with in a top six role defensively like in a mainstay defensive role um if you're able to bring in one more defenseman that makes tyler myers expendable that makes the tyler myers cap hit easy to take off like not easy to take out the books like it's hard to move but it makes it so you can take it off the books and not be worried about the like losing a player that can eat 19 minutes a night on D for you. So, if you could add a defenseman and get rid of Myers and maybe use that money to add more, that would be my wish. Um it's weird thinking about buying though. It scares me. But I'm um, you know, let's have some fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you when your team's this good, that's what that's what the draft picks are for, right? That's why you have that capital. Let's ride. Let's have some fun. I'm tired of, you know, I'm tired of of looking forward to prospects way down the line. Um, when apparently all you have to do is go out and just be smart with your money and, and pick up guys like Suter, blueger um, Susie, Cole, guys like that. Just keep adding those guys every year and you're fine. Right. Um, oh man, the whole thing just shifted. Oh, where was I? Oh no. Okay. I found it. Just the, the chat got all it just skipped down to the bottom. Um, cordell asks how does the trade market treat our club assets are better used now given our place with talent oh i'm struggling to understand the the question um as in like do they have the ability to get good value uh, is how i'm going to answer this question like can the canucks get good value for like improving their lineup i think so i mean we saw Patrick Alvin's move for Zadorov that was cheaper than I thought it would be it's not like Zadorov's been a a world beater he hasn't been fantastic he's been okay uh he's been fun to watch at times like he'll lay a big hit which is great um but yeah I I think I think the Canucks are going to be in an okay spot uh the flat cap makes things tricky but it seems like this management group is creative enough to like take advantage of situations as they arise right being able to get rid of Bavillier uh right after uh the sort of debacle in um uh, in Chicago uh, and then using that freed up cap space to not have to retain anything or to not force Calgary to retain anything on, on Nikita Zadorov to allow him to come here, right? They, they jump on these opportunities as they arise. They're not sort of hesitant to, to do those things. And I think that's uh, very advantageous. Uh, Antagonist says, are you opposed to a trade for Jake Gensel? Asking price is a first and a prospect. UFA at the end of the year, 29 years old might be risky. Oh, it's, it's the epitome of risk, right? That is, you know, potentially he's, he's lining up for his big contract, right? He makes $6 million going into this off season. He's been a point per game player his entire career. Uh, he's going to get paid. Jake Ensel is going to get paid. He's going to get seven years from somebody, six or seven years, probably somewhere, maybe $8 million a year, maybe more, who knows? The Canucks aren't really in a great spot to give up that money, right? They don't have they don't have that money to give up. So, if you're making that move, is it a pure rental for Jake Gensel? Because if that's the case, I don't think I'm there yet on this team, right? Maybe by March I am, or whatever the deadline is—late February, early March. Um, maybe by then, if this team is you know has like a, is still first in the league, then I guess why not you know, why not sell and or not sell the farm and and go after a cup. Right. Um, and man, that would be fun to watch, but yeah, it probably would be a pure rental at that point. And that's a bit scary. Um, first and a prospect, I don't care about any of our prospects particularly much. Um, the first part of it, I mean, Hey, where's that first going to be right now? Is that going to be, is that going to be between 25th and 32nd overall? I might do it. I won't. I wouldn't do it today. But if this team's still rolling in, in February, March, that might be a trigger I'd pull. Might be. All right. Uh, we'll take a couple more here. I said we go 10 minutes, but about eight. Um, so let's uh, let's do something here. Uh. Casey asks, did Suter have such good hands last season or something? Just clicked on her target. Pew Suter seems like the sort of prototypical rick talkett guy um i mean what did he do last year didn't he score he scored a decent amount right he scored four he scored 14 goals essentially the last three years but his first year in the league the bubble year he had 14 goals in 55 games right he was on like a 25 goal pace um he's got he's got decent hands he, he can score um that's never really been an issue with his game he's a defensive forward who has that that slight bit of offensive upside that every few games he will pot one um so i don't i don't think anything special is happening here i think he's genuinely just a, a a really good hockey player. That's probably undervalued at 1.6 million. Uh, everything skipped away again. Um, let's see a couple more here. DEL else's. Would you swap Nylander for Pedersen? I would not. Um, just the center value alone is big. Uh, and Pedersen has these slump waves, but man, when we get to playoff time, Elias Pedersen is a guy that is going to be a weapon. In the postseason, right? I mean, we saw it in their one postseason run. He was pretty good. I mean, he was no Bo Horvat <laughs> in that run, but he he just strikes me as the the like that playoff mentality of just being an, an absolute killer. Um, so I want to. That's what I want to see. Um, and I think that's uh, Darth Nutel asked if I could give the first, third line a nickname. What I am? I have no good ideas. Um, there's some bad ideas out there. I'll tell you that. Um, Every idea I've seen so far has been bad. Um, I will do some brainstorming over the Christmas break and see if I come up with something. Because I that would be a cool thing to be able to take credit for. Um, but I think we're at about that time. It's 1030. We're 40 minutes in. There's 170 in here. I, I hate to leave you all. Um, but uh, I think it is about that time that we should wrap it up. So I will say, um, I guess from, you know, it's, it's just me. Uh, I know Clay's in the chat. Uh, As well, but on behalf of the four of us, uh, myself, Clay, Kaya, and Sam, um, happy holidays, everyone. Merry Christmas. Uh, Enjoy the holiday break. Um, We look forward to coming back. And I guess in the new year, the Canucks play one game before that. I'm not doing that one. Um, So I will see you all uh, in the new year. Um, if you missed any part of the show, you can rewind back in the beginning or find it on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure you hit like, and subscribe to SDPN. You can find me Parker's pucks on YouTube, Parker's pucks, Twitter slash X Parker's pucks. Just look it up. It'll be there. Um, and yeah, other than that, uh, thank you all very much for joining us over the course of 2023. Uh, we'll be back. Better than ever in 2024 as uh, we follow this Vancouver Canucks hockey team that is somehow the best team in the NHL, question mark. Maybe worse than the Rangers, but best in goal differential. And that's what I'm going by. Um, Anyways, that's all. Have a good night. I'll see you next year.